0: Hey folks, Zach Osterman here, Uh, IU Insider, across from Dustin DiPiroc, IU Insider, is mind your banners for Valentine's Day, Dustin, uh, February 14th, 2022, uh, finds Indiana on a three-game losing streak and facing a a pretty big game here at home against Wisconsin tomorrow night. Uh, Dustin, you were, we were both in Evanston for the suspension game. You were in East Lansing for the Michigan State game. I was not. I had hernia surgery on Friday. So if I sound strained or weird or say anything bizarre in the next, uh, (laughs) you know, 35 to 40 minutes, just understand that I'm in a lot of pain and on a lot of painkillers. But um, Mm. I think there is sort of feel like it's, in fact, I know it's the time of year where we become this, this fan base's sort of counselor. Um, counselors, (laughs) if you will. Um, I'd like to kind of use this to separate, I don't want to say fact from fiction, but reality from panic. Um, There is an understandable reaction to a three-game losing streak at this time of year from Indiana fans to say that there's some sort of existential crisis Mm -hmm. affecting indiana i think that's driven by the suspensions against northwestern again i understand where it comes from i don't think there's anything very existential about it indiana needs to score the ball better than it is right now um only once in their last six games have the hoosiers uh on an adjusted basis per ken pomeroy scored more than a point per possession if you look at their two point percentages in that stretch only once in those six games have they shot 50 percent on twos Not one time or only once in those six games have they shot better than 30% on threes. In fact, only twice have they even shot 30%. Four of those six games have been under 30% on threes. Trace Jackson Davis has been very quiet. He's averaging only 12 and roughly 12.5 points his last seven games. And a lot of issues have spoke out from there. This team has just got to score the ball better. And I think they can. I don't think – and this is maybe the other part of this podcast – we need to find that middle ground that we preach all the time yeah. between saying Indiana is a, a solid team. They're an NCAA tournament caliber team. They're not much more than that. And that's fine. They can score the ball better than they are right now. Right. Not a hell of a lot better, but better enough to sort of arrest this skid and, and shore up their tournament resume here in the next three weeks. But it's got
1: to happen. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I'll just to dip in on a couple of pieces there. I mean, I, I do think that it's not there. There is something emotional uh, that comes off the suspension game, and I, and I don't think that's a. It, it's not necessarily an existential crisis. I don't think it guarantees that the uh, downward spiral is happening, and it's and it's um, unmitigable, and there's there's no way of fixing it, and it's just a. a, a uh, irrepressible dive bomb from here on in. Um, but I do think there is this, this is a moment where, uh, some heads got to get right. And I think that could lead to better offense, which again, I I believe there's a ceiling on that because, you know, like if, if Indiana's core problem at the end of the day is it has too many one dimensional players, uh, on offense from a scoring standpoint, there's, there's too many guys, um, there, there, there is only one player on the team that I think can score at all three levels and create his own shot. And he scored 14 points on, uh, Saturday and hadn't scored in double figures before that since December 4th. And that's DeMar Bates. Um, so, you know, everybody else is pretty much a, um, is, is either one dimensional or just doesn't have the ability to score from everywhere. Um, and that is, is an issue. And so, you know, and some of those guys, you know, are struggling with the one thing they're good at. Parker Stewart struggled on Saturday with the one thing he's really good at, which is shooting threes. And he was bad at the line. Uh, and Trace Jackson Davis, who has been excellent around his, the rim, his whole career has not been good around the rim uh, lately. I mean, he's been very good around the rim. He's had misses obviously in the past where, you know, he's short arms and hooks and stuff, but uh, not at this consistent level. I mean, he's 12 for 35 in his last three games. Um, so, you know, th- there's some of that piece, but there is some emotional part of this. And and I think there is some disjointedness that comes off, Um, of the suspension, I think a a lot of people had to, all the suspended guys, I think needed a a moment to collect themselves and kind of figure out where they stood. You know, Parker Stewart was the only guy of that group who got demoted. Um, so I'm sure that took something out of him and and basically everybody kind of has to rediscover sort of who they are and where they fit. Uh, it's a bad time to have to do that, but the same way, as, as you mentioned before, there's. The long-term, um, you know, calculation Mike Woodson makes is that you cannot afford for there not to be consequences for these guys' actions. Um, but it does make for a tough situation right now, and and for which there needs to be um, sort of a, a tightrope line walked of making sure these guys still feel. Um, responsible and, and still note that there are consequences for their actions, but don't feel like it's at the point where, you know, Mike wants to run them off or something like that, you know, just you know keep some level of confidence in those guys. So, I mean, that's, that's not an existential crisis. I think that's, but there is a bit of a crisis of confidence for these guys right now and a crisis of sort of chemistry. And it is something where like, things have to get pieced back together and and quickly um but yes part of it is just not having offensive players that are making shots but part of this is this thing which i think is leading to some chemistry issues which is leading to worse offense than they usually have
0: i think we normally kind of zoom in first and then zoom out i'd I'd rather zoom out first and then zoom in um I think the the problem, one of the problems that IU basketball has right now is that it 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 feels like it can't have a crisis that isn't existential. And yeah, that's true. I have, you know, I've said many times, I've said on on podcasts this season and in other seasons recently, that on the one hand, I understand where IU fans are coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's been pretty rough being an IU fan. Right. or a lot of, I mean, certainly the last five years, five and a half years. Really, even if you want to say a lot of the last, what, 12, 13 years with a couple sort of brief bursts of sunshine that were not ultimately sustained. Right. Um, so I understand why the fan base is sort of prone to negativity, is prone to pessimism, is prone at some level to panic. On the other hand... And I get pushback on this from. I mean, I went to IU. I'm not an IU fan, but I, I know a lot of them. I live in Bloomington. It's unavoidable. I get pushback on this. I, I will continue to say it. This fan base also needs to accept some level of responsibility for stuff just going just going completely manic at kind mm-hmm. of the first sign of trouble because it does. And mm-hmm. I don't know where you get like it. it One of the great challenges for any IU basketball coach right now is figuring out how to sort of solve that chicken and egg problem of earning fans trust back and maintaining it, but also, you know, sort of engendering a a certain level of, um, I don't know what the word is, it it just engendering a certain sort of harmony within the fan base to say, listen, we're not always going to be perfect. There are going to be bad <laughs> moments, but those bad moments can't derail the whole thing. Right. And if you don't think they affect players, go talk to some players. If they, you don't think they affect recruits, go talk to some recruits. They do. Not, not inordinately. It's not like all these kids are just sitting there scrolling Twitter all day and not going to practice or whatever. But right. it is part of it. It's all part of it. And – You know this is i think as much as anything else it just it reflects that this is the challenge for mike woodson is Mm -hmm. you've got to find a way to bring this temperature down Mm -hmm. the temperature is going to spike when you struggle right you've got to find a way to, to arrest the struggles when the temperature's hot but then maybe you've also got to find a way to bring the temperature down to arrest the struggles it is a very chicken and egg thing that's not unique to this fan base by any means if you know if right if kansas had had the last 10 12 years indiana's had we'd probably hear similar conversations from you know people right. who cover kansas but it is indiana's problem right now and it's something where you know even i think people like you and i feel like we walk a, a fine line between sort of counseling and lecturing
1: <laughs> yeah. so
0: trying to figure out you know, where this, this middle ground is, because, you know, I mean, I can even remember that 2012 season you and I both covered for different outlets, Indiana lost three in a row in January that year. And people were, were matching the panic button. I mean, they were, they were breaking it off. Yeah. And in then Indiana won something like 10 of their last 12 games and, and, you know, all, all of a sudden, or 10 of their last 13 or something like that. And all of a sudden all those people who'd been panicking Well, you wouldn't have known they were panicking. Suddenly Oh, that wasn't me. That was someone else. I just (laughs) don't, you know, I don't know how Indiana gets that back. I think
1: Um, beyond just
0: results, but that's the challenge is because every, every year you go through this and you fail to kind of walk this tightrope, it becomes thinner.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think, and and, and to your point, like to, to your sort of initial point, it's, it's become difficult to be an Indiana fan. I mean, uh, um, you actually said that to the other night. We'll we'll, we'll bring him into this. One of our, uh, one of our good friends, Mr. Matthew Marsden, uh, out in Chicago. We you know salute to him. Um, is one of one of most the the most immediate pessimistic voices I think we hear on Twitter almost every almost every game. Um, and so again, like I said, these are this this pessimism is, is through you know friends of ours and. Um, and I and, and we see why, I think. Uh, and, and I get it. And it's one of those deals where it's like, okay if you really look at the last, again, 20 years, uh, it's been pretty brutal and it becomes, I think, hard for Indiana fans to, to trust that things are going to get better um, and, and they get angry. And I, I don't think their baseline expectations are too high. Like, if you just say, okay, what do Indiana fans expect? And, and some, like, you know... I think it, the majority
0: uh, right now just look at it and say it shouldn't be this hard to make the NCAA tournament. It shouldn't be and this hard,
1: hard to make weird. the NCAA tournament. I think that's... I think, really that, I, I think their baseline expectations, their baseline desires, What if you, if you were to say, what do you want, what do you think... Indiana should be at this point. That answer is not unreasonable. Number one, number two, I, I think everyone who looks at, you know, everyone looks at like, well, they they ran those coaches out of town because their expectations were too high. And if they they connect those and I don't think that's fair. And I think, I think that's another, uh, another thing, again, to stand up for Indiana fans for, you know, like they, they want a good program. They want a good program that wins. And, and no, I don't think the last two guys who got fired, um, we're going to be able to deliver that long-term from there. You know, I mean, Tom Crean had had some success before, but it was not on a good trajectory. I mean, you could say, okay, well, he just won the Big Ten title the year before. Yes, but I don't think anybody who saw the path that was on thought there were going to be more Big Ten titles after that, uh, at least not in the near future. I mean, they were going to have... There was a bottom that they were going to hit in the not-too-distant future from that. And then, you know, Archie Miller, obviously you saw last year, it was a death march, you know, at the end of the year. So I, I don't think... That And I don't think you could look at where things were going under Archie and say that it was going to get better. So I, I don't I, – fans who – who national media who blames you know, Indiana fans for firing guys before they deserve to be fired, I don't think is necessarily fair. What I think I'm seeing more this year than I've seen, though, is a willingness to turn on players um, and decide they're useless and hopeless and they need to be cut, like, tomorrow. But then two day, games later when they play well again – uh they're on their side. It's just the 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 living and dying with everything I think is 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 a lot right now and it, it is having an effect. I mean again it's not Indiana fans' fault uh that some of this stuff is happening but but it is a situation of okay um you know I hate to say take a breath now because things don't look great right now. Um but there have been periods where it's like they lost a game and everybody's ready to just like you know punk the year hey they're you know same on indiana they're not going anywhere and like this guy's useless i don't know why he's in, he's in the starting lineup i don't know why this guy's playing it's like well, there's a reason you know like someone's like why does parker stewart start Well, because he shoots 45 percent from three you know like that, that that number's there he's been doing that all year like you know why does this guy have a scholarship well you know i mean he's contributed things trace jackson davis is overrated he's averaging what 18 and nine like you know it's like there there is some of those reactions lately that are like that, that is a little bit much and everybody is getting a little bit too tense, I think. I again like I get their baseline frustrations and I don't think their baseline expectations are too high. But just lately it's just a lot of up and down right now.
0: I think it I mean it, it yeah. I think that's all fair. Um it, it also just like that, that there is an element to all this that just sort of feels like growing pains can't be allowed.
1: Right. I mean, again.
0: again, like it, everybody's allowed to be reactionary in the moment. I mean, you know, I think we've all, anybody who's been a sports fan has been frustrated about, you know, a defeat in the moment and said, oh, this person was terrible or that was useless or that was the worst idea of all time. But it's the broader, like teams have lost three in a row before. Now, listen again, like in in my – what I'm watching for Wisconsin tomorrow, I wrote – I said Indiana's imperfect and – I mean, shit, I'll just read it. It <laughs> remains imperfect in some ways deeply and in some ways that will not change substantively between now and the end of the season. If Indiana doesn't arrest its current slide, it will miss the tournament for the sixth straight year. At the moment, losing streak being what it is, the Hoosiers are still in the field pretty comfortably and probably only about three more wins from locking themselves in thanks to some quality on victories and the strength of the league. Most teams that make the NCAA tournament are flawed. Most at-large teams won't compete for a berth in the Final Four and ultimately just make up the numbers in a 68-team field, fall out somewhere before the semifinal, and get to put another March Madness appearance on a list somewhere. And after five seasons spent looking in on the NCAA tournament from the outside, in year one under a new head coach a tournament appearance by any method, virtually any method, would be a success for IU this season. I mean, beyond maybe, like, sneaking in the back door in the first four or something like that, like, there just has to be middle ground. And I think this comes back to, like, criticizing players, turning on players, or, you know, oh, my God, he's the best in the world, or what's he doing in the lineup? They should get rid of him. Why'd they ever recruit him? There has to be middle ground. And maybe it also – you know, at at some level, I I suspect possibly hasn't even helped. you You go back to 2009. There's really only one year in that stretch where Indiana, I guess two, if you count the COVID year, and maybe things would be a little bit different if they had played that tournament. Sure. But like, there's really only been one year since 2009 that has not felt kind of extreme. The extreme being either A, they don't make the tournament, and Qualification for the NCAA tournament nine years out of every ten is is a perfectly reasonable expectation for a program like Indiana.
1: Right.
0: But you know, there's only been one year where they made the tournament, but it wasn't either. But it wasn't. But they didn't also win the Big Ten, or there, it wasn't some dramatic turnaround moment in the program. Like they've made four NCAA tournament okay. appearances since 2009. Right. Those four were two Big Ten champions, the Sweet 16 run of the year they beat Kentucky on the Watford shot, and then the one year. Where I think they finished twenty and fourteen or twenty and fifteen, they lost to Wichita State in the first round. They had they've only had one season that was just kind of normal, that was just sort of right. like, they're good, they made the tournament. Nobody expected much more than that. They didn't do any more than that, and then they went home. Like the, it, it's never right. been run of the mill. Like Indiana's kind of forgotten right. what run of the mill looks like. It's it's either been, you know, so exciting, everybody's pumped up you know, it's, it's really dramatic and emotional for whatever reason. Right. Or it's been failure. Right. And, and I think that maybe contributes to it a little bit too. This, this fan base just, this fan base has not been given that, that sort of emotional baseline. Yeah. to just sort of say like, Hey, this is what it's like most of the time. And then every once in a while, this happens.
1: Right. And, 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 and I guess that's, that's what's shaking this, this, the fan base right now is that, It seemed like they were getting close to that and maybe starting to talk themselves into believing, okay, maybe we are overreacting about all this all the time. You know, they're going to be an eight seed and this is what it it looks like. They're going to beat the teams they're supposed to beat every once in a while. They're going to lose one once in a while they're not supposed to lose. They're going to win uh, one once in a while over a team they're not supposed to win. But it's going to end up washing out in the end. They're going to be an eight or nine maybe they'll win the first round. Maybe they won't. They'll play a better team in the second round. They'll be out, but they'll have got in, you know, that that's about what you would expect from this team. It's a good start for a first year head coach. You know, it, this team's good enough to get in. It's not, you know, like, it, it's not built necessarily to go a lot further than that. And okay, I'll be all right with it. And I'll start, start panic, stop panicking. Just Northwestern makes it feel like, Oh no, you know, here we go again. Like something is about, because like, if, 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 Nobody gets in trouble at Northwestern, and they go in and they win that game like they're supposed to win it. Then nobody's bothered about the fact that they just lost to Michigan State on the road. It's this sense of, oh, are they fractured? Uh oh, is is there a problem? Is this going to become a downward spiral? Uh oh, that looks ugly. You know, uh oh, there's a guy who was our best shooter shooting one of nine from the field or one of seven from three and one of six at the line. You know, are these guys broken and busted? Did I, did I, like in the last week, did I just see this team fall apart? And is it going to be another one of those years where they don't make the tournament? And I think that's where the fan base is right now. Because I mean, if, if again, if Northwestern the suspensions don't happen, you know, this this you know team is the, the, these people are starting to feel a lot more rational because, like, all right, like they're beating the ones they're supposed to beat. They can go to a place like Northwestern and win. You know, just doing stuff like that is enough to get you in, and they're going to be run of the mill, and that's you know, that's what I expected. That's going to be okay. I'll be cool with that. I can live with that. I can move on. Um, but and again, if, if there's a spiral with this team and, and, and the one issue with, there is with, with it being a first year head coach is he's not taking over, like it's a rebuild, but like, he's not starting from scratches with a roster, you know, like, I mean, he's got transfer pieces and there's that, but he's got a centerpiece in trace jackson davis and you don't know how long he's going to have him he might end up playing another year next year um you know depending on how this it shakes out for him draft wise you know but he might not he came into the season presuming he would not um so it's like if you've got a centerpiece and then it's like okay like you don't know how long he's going to have until he gets another one you don't know if race thompson is going to be around for another year even if he is um he's not you know, he he could end up being an All-Big Ten player next next year. Obviously, we've talked so much about how far he's come, but he's not an All-American. He's not a dominant guy that's going to get you 20 every night. You know, like that's not the type of player he is. And then you're hoping for guards that are coming in um, or that are there now to – you know, make a leap and match the recruiting ranking immediately. And so, you know, whether it's Tamar Bates turning from having a struggling freshman year to Jalen Shafino, it's like if, if, if this team doesn't go in the tournament, if you're an Indiana fan, you don't know the next year that you can circle yet. And it might not be that, be that far in the future, but right now you don't know. And so that I think is adding to this piece of existential dread where if it's like, okay, well, if not now, when? And are they really going to blow this thing again like they just did last year?
0: What's it take? I think mean, let's let's pivot. I mean, let's talk about what to sure. not blow it. Um, yeah, Indiana, Wisconsin Tuesday night, Ohio State yeah, on the following Monday. That that game is actually more interesting to me now because Ohio State's going to be on its third game in five days, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't need to win Tuesday, but it would be a big one. Not least because I think they can win. Like I, I don't. Right. Wisconsin has won close a lot this year. This is a team Indiana was up 22 on in the Kohl Center in December. Uh, I don't think they're going to blow them away or anything like that. But, like, they can beat Wisconsin. I don't think Wisconsin is amazing. They've got Trey – well, uh, let me rephrase. I think Wisconsin's a really solid team. I think Wisconsin's got some some winning muscle memory. Indiana has the muscle memory, or at least the film, to remind itself that it should be there, of – Indiana building a 20-point lead against this Wisconsin team it wasn't like it was a Wisconsin team without Johnny Davis or Brad Davison or whoever yeah. um, they've got Trey Galloway to put on Davis now which should make at least some difference yeah and they're at home and if you win a game like this then you know it's it's not a Indiana is still not in a a wolves at the door type situation yet. I think they're probably at least a couple more losses away from that. You well, win a game like this, it just – it then we kind of stop talking about it completely, at least for the time being. And listen, that's – again, like <laughs> that is the life of of teams somewhere between 7 and 11 in the NCAA tournament seeding picture. Like it, you're never – you know, seven seeds don't have great resumes.
1: No, they have a couple and, good wins and Yeah, uh,
0: and like if and if, you know, like I I used this example on a radio spot earlier today. I said what if Indiana had won these last 3 games, but they had lost to Ohio State, let's say Minnesota and Purdue, or Ohio State at Nebraska and Purdue. So they they would have been in this scenario, four and seven in the Big Ten, and then they'd won these three in a row to get to sixteen and eight and seven and seven. They wouldn't be in the tournament right now, or maybe they'd be just, you know, just yeah, just it's
1: a lesser. I mean, I mean the
0: outskirts coming. of it. My point in using that comparison is this is where the good work you've done earlier in the season gives you some backstop. It allows you if Sorry. if ultimately your ceiling is just kind of making the tournament, maybe winning a game. And that'll be it this allows you some measure of of breathing room it allows you some some room to make mistakes it allows you some room to be imperfect if indiana had lost those three games in january and then won these last three we would just now be saying well indiana's got some good momentum but they've really got to. they need a couple more wins to really get themselves in that picture well now they're in the picture and it's harder to dislodge a team from the NCAA tournament picture typically than it is to break into it in late February. Yes. Um, this is the kind of game that you find a way to win. And, like I said, it it, it it keeps you from ever being in a situation where the Wolves are even at the door. Bracket Matrix's last aggregation, which was before the Michigan State loss, so Indiana probably takes a little bit of a hit from that, but it's not like a loss at Michigan State is a make or break for your tournament resume. Um. This was Saturday, a presumed Saturday morning. Indiana appeared, Indiana was the second 9 seed and appeared in all 114 brackets involved.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: You're still in a situation if you're Indiana where you just get some wins and you're going to be fine. And if you yeah. and if you keep losing, yeah, you're not going to make the NCAA tournament. But that that should kind of be self-evident. Indiana just needs to find ways to win and this is a big one because it's it's probably their last Really quality opportunity at home in all likelihood. Maybe Rutgers gets there, maybe not. Um, but this one you can count on. And and if you can find a way to win this game, then a lot of that panic should subside.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. That'll calm everybody down if they manage to pull this thing off. And like you said, it's it's a um it's doable. I mean, you you don't look like obviously, you know. Davison contributes, you know, like Tyler wall can play, you know, Stephen Kroll can play. They've got some guys, but they don't have, this isn't one of those really solid Wisconsin rosters that, you know, like that aren't doesn't necessarily have like athletes to blow you away at every position, but they're just solid and steady. Like there are guys you could beat here. It's just Johnny Davis is having just a whale of a season. And if you can, Guard him if, if you can keep him from crushing you, uh, then you can get him. Uh, then, then you've got a chance. This is like one of those. I, this is rare, obviously. I mean, like, again, he's got a good sort of second fiddle in Brad Davidson, who's been around forever. And you'd say everything you want about Brad Davidson, we don't have to go into his history. Um, but bottom line, you've got two perimeter scores you're really afraid of. Um, and and otherwise, it's it, it is winnable. It's just you know, again, I, I just, you just want to see this. If, if you're Indiana, you just want to see this team's headset, get, you know, just this mindset, get right. Um, and, you know, they, they, they didn't look at Saturday. They certainly didn't look at Tuesday, but they get back home. Um, and I think they've had a chance, you know, over the past couple of days to have a, you know, what's that I think has a feel for where they are now. I think he can see, okay, what, where, whose confidence is shaken and why and what has to be done to make those people, those guys, you know, feel better about themselves, feel better about what the role is, um, you know, again, with still getting the message across of what happened, um, but making sure you feel like you're still part of this team, you can still contribute. Um, so that, that I think is, is sort of the big moment there is just them getting themselves right. Because an, an Indiana team, the, the Indiana teams we've seen, you know, Indiana team we've seen earlier this season when it is at least as confident as, as it can be, can absolutely be this Wisconsin team. I I am certain of that at home. Um, it's just it's just a question of how shaky are they right now and is that fixable in a couple of days?
0: If there are two things that I think are, it, it, like if, you, if, if you're an Indiana fan and you're looking for optimism, I think there's a couple places to find it. Number one, you know, Again, if we talk about that six-game stretch beginning with the Michigan loss, Indiana has not turned the ball over on more than 15.5% of possessions in any of those six games. Mm -hmm. So what was your greatest offensive weakness has become a lot more reliable Mm -hmm. as you've gotten into the thick of Big Ten play. Number two, I would really only classify – the the Michigan game as as a pure sort of defensive capitulation yeah the final numbers against Illinois and Michigan State don't look great but as we discussed about Illinois I think is also somewhat true of Michigan State that for a lot of the game Indiana is very competitive defensively and then its inability to score the ball causes the rubber band to snap in the last five six seven minutes so I think I think you can still feel like the the defensive capability is there the defensive effort is there um but at some point, you've got – I mean, you Indiana's just got to be better scoring the basketball. It doesn't have to be crazy better, but it, it's got to make, you know, more than five threes a game. I mean, Indiana's literally made 17 threes in its last – or no, excuse me, 18 threes in its last four games. You know, you, you got to make more than that. You've got to be better from, from two – on twos than – the last three games when Indiana's basically shot around 41 percent you can't be 41 percent on twos Mike Woodson can probably have some words with officials about Trace Jackson Davis suddenly not drawing as many fouls as he was a season ago um but in the same breath I think if you're if you're Indiana you need to be looking at like Tamar Bates you need to be looking at at Trey Galloway certainly Xavier Johnson and just sort of saying you know Can we find some hot hands to ride here a little bit just just two or three guys that can get us over the hump um because to me i I, yes the suspensions are, are a red flag at least in a sense and i'll still come back to what i've said for a long time which is this team is has no ncaa tournament experience and so all of these guys are kind of having to learn at the same time together you know how to how to find these big moments and hold on to them and and, and manage them. But in the same breath, I really don't think there's some crisis of confidence here other than just Indiana's, Indiana, which was always going to be a limited offensive team if slightly better than it was a season ago, um, is bumping up against some of those limitations and has got to find ways to shake free of enough of them. To win a couple games here. I just think they gotta score the ball better. I, I keep coming back to that, but like I just I think they gotta score the ball better. And if they and if this this slump continues, I don't think it's gonna be because of character or morale or whatever. I think it's just gonna be because they can't score it well enough. And if it yeah. ends, it's gonna be because I think they you know, they find two or three guys that break them out of that funk.
1: Right. I mean but my, I guess my point is like yes, character morale, but like you know, Parker Stewart's a 45% three-point shooter, you know, like you're not getting a ton from him, but when he's one of nine, that means something's off. Like that, that's not a situation where, you know, he's like, he's shooting it wrong or it's, it's, you know, he's not getting the right looks or whatever. Like if Parker Stewart's one of nine from the field and one of seven from three, that means he's just, you know, like there, there is something mental there. And I think that. I think it's tough for him to get suspended. You know, I think that, that that's tough for a kid like that to, to deal with suspension. I mean, I think Parker's a good kid. I don't know what he did exactly. You know, like, I don't know what anybody did on, on Monday night. Um, but, you know, like, I, I think it was a shock to him to get suspended. I think it's probably a shock to him to get taken out of the starting lineup. I think he was forcing things, you know, like, and so he ended up performing not like himself and obviously, you know, Parker's got his limitations, but like when he gets an open look from three, he can shoot the basketball. Like this is not a guy who frequently has high volume, low make type nights. I mean, that, that's that, that is a, um, you know, that, that that is a confidence issue. That is an internal inside of a person issue. Um, and again, if if Parker can't shoot, if, if your best shooter can't shoot, it's gonna be tougher to put the ball in the bucket. So, so that that is one guy at least where I think you have to look at it and say, Okay, what are you? um you know how do you get your head right you know Xavier Johnson is another guy and obviously he's going to coming off the suspension as well I and mean, I thought he tried to do too much you know had, he had been doing a good job of not trying to do too much for a while and he was getting really productive um that was leading to you know points for him points for other people producing at the rim producing clean shots for other people um you know I came back from suspension I thought he really tried to force it there was a couple times where he was just driving around a ball screen into more bodies, guys that were kind of like hedging around it and had the ball taken away from him. And so I think there's some mental stuff there. I don't think he was terrible. He had seven points four assists. He had some good moments. I think some of the fouls on him were unfair, um, but there were a couple of, all right, X is trying to do too much moments uh, in this. And and um, even before the Northwestern game and Mike Woodson had said, you know, Hey, you know, like X wasn't getting us into plays. You know, he was, he was just, there was a little bit, you know, he was getting out of, the system there and so you know those two guys i think make a difference for making everything else go um you know parker making the shots that come to him and xavier shutting setting up shots for other people and so that that causes some issues with the offense i think both of those guys got to get right mentally i mean but yeah other guys just need to make shots miller cop just needs to make shots when they're available um you know again i think i i thought tamar bates's performance on saturday was the uh biggest bright spot of of the game you finally saw the tamar bates that that was promised uh, basically that was what he was supposed to be both making some outside shots. And I thought it just had a really good take for a layup that, you know, it was like, wow, there, there's that guy, there's the, there's the guy who was a five-star for a minute. And, you know, ended up being the 30th number 30 player in the, uh, in the country. And that, that literally every high school coach says is one of the best coach players they've ever coached. Um, it's like, okay, there was that guy. And that, that goes a long way. So I mean, yes, they absolutely need to make shots. Chase chase Jackson Davis. I don't know if it's confidence. I don't know if it's what, but I mean, it's five footers he's missing. He's just, you know, like he's just off. It's short, armed on, short arms on hooks or just not getting the bank right, something. Like, I mean, and, and a lot of these are makeable. You know, uh, like, as you said, the ball just got to go in for him. And I don't know if there's anything more to it for him than just put the ball in the, in the hoop. But um, that's that that's ultimately a big piece too. Again, it, it is important to get some other guys, some shots, some other guys to make some shots, find some hot hands. Um, but I'd say Johnson, Stewart in particular, got to get mentally right. And Jackson Davis just has to get through this thing. Um
0: I guess my question for you is the, the, the one other question I would have is the benefit of this this unexpected week off after Wisconsin we did not see Indiana necessarily come back great from its first bye week um against Illinois that might have had something to do quite frankly with Illinois I think they're playing really good basketball right now um but now, because of the way Ohio State's schedule gets rearranged, you get six days off between Wisconsin and Ohio State without any real compression of your own schedule. You you still don't play again until Thursday night, and then Sunday um, if you're Indiana. So, I mean, I guess that's I guess that is three games in seven days. Now that I think about it, but still, it it, it stays closer to kind of the two um, the, the the two games a week thing. One way or the other, I think the other question you'd have is whether it's getting a guy like Rob Finney healthy or it is maybe working on individuals a little bit more and trying to help some guys through things, uh, you know, away from the spotlight a little bit more. Whether Indiana can take advantage of this this extra time off between Wisconsin and Ohio State.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, if they lose to Wisconsin, you're going to say they really need it. Um, that, that's the thing. I think if you see them perform Tuesday night, the same way they performed on Saturday, I think that's going to be a moment where like, man, they're lucky those, they have those extra two days. Cause they, they need to just regroup and reset and, you know, kind of air some things out and, you know, they need a moment. You know, I I think if if they lose to Wisconsin, then I think you're going to look at them and say these guys need a moment. These these guys need these guys need to step away, not play games for a minute, and and just get themselves right. Um, and then you could see them being a different team uh, by next Monday. Again, if now if they win, I think you'd rather play it sooner. You know, I, I think you'd rather if you if you win and create some momentum, you want to keep it where it is uh, and you want to get back on the floor as soon as you can. But if they lose, especially how things have gone, uh, then I think it's a nice little benefit because it's just you you need some time away, Um, you know, or, or not need some time away from games. You need some time together, need to figure yourselves out, um, but do it away from the spotlight and, and figure out, OK, what what does everybody need to get right? Um, So that that's what I would say. I, I think if if they lose against wisconsin and they and they they lose ugly you're not necessarily by score but if you can look at that team and say that team is still disjointed um then you're going to be able to say well you know what six days is maybe exactly what this team needs
0: couldn't find the mute button let's leave it there uh we will obviously be at assembly hall tomorrow night for iu wisconsin Between now and then, uh, IndyStar.com slash sports, HeraldTimesOnline.com for all your IU coverage. He's Dustin DePirac, I'm Zach Osterman. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.